0: Hey, it's me. Thank you for listening to the Paul Leslie Hour. You can support the show by contributing. Any amount is appreciated. Just go to paulleslie.com Mark Sabilia is with us. He is an unstoppable force, and when you hear his music, you'll understand why he's had more than 125 million collective streams of his music, and he's had his music heard in television, in movies, and even on a Super Bowl ad. From the moment I heard one of his songs, I knew that I liked what I heard. It's a great pleasure to welcome this singer, songwriter, recording artist, and producer. Mark, thank you so much for being with us.
1: Hi, thank you for having me. I appreciate
0: it. It's an honor. So this has been an interesting time that we're in at the, at the moment. But just today, what have you been up to? How are things?
1: well today I got a uh, a rat that seems to have made its uh, uh house in my uh it's made its home in my house uh in the lower parts of the house so i've actually been trying to uh find a way to get rid of it from my house and have it back live where it came from uh so that's my morning and then from there, I, I hung out with my daughter a little bit, and uh, now I'm just setting up my new studio that I've been working on for the last like nine months. I'm getting close to the end of it, and uh, yeah, I'd have a new workspace. I finished my album, and so now I'm kind of getting the new studio set up and getting ready to kind of like start being creative with new music and all that stuff. Yeah.
0: So, how do you like Nashville?
1: I love Nashville. Yeah, Nashville's a good place. I lived in New York City for a couple years, I really enjoyed that a lot, but. I think being in the middle of the country right now isn't the worst thing in the world. It was fun to live in New York because you never felt like you were missing out on anything. But I think, you know, kind of one of the great parts about quarantine is like, or the, you know, everything going on is that you're, no one's really missing out on anything. So it's nice to live in a quiet part of the country and
0: just kind of chill and, um, you know, do what we can. It's hard to believe, but we're more than halfway through the year 2020. How have you been coping with the reality of life
1: you know i didn't love leaving my house anyways (laughs) so you know i feel like i keep having these conversations with people it's kind of the unspoken i will just say this it's like i think a lot of people have actually enjoyed this time more than they're even willing to admit (laughs) um they feel guilty you know they feel like oh i feel so bad because there's all this horrible stuff happening around but i've actually you know there have been all sorts of personal discoveries and You know, I'm kind of in the same boat. There has been a lot of really difficult things. You know, I've had a few friends pass from COVID and so it's it's definitely feels pretty legit on a lot of levels where it's like, hey, you know what, my personal enjoyment of this season, I understand that it's, you know, has to be measured in light with everything else going on around the world. But honestly, it's, it's been a pretty good season. I, like I said, I don't love leaving my house and I have left my house for, you know, a long, I've done that for a long time. And so to not have a plane ticket book to not have it's very different for me, but I really love it.
0: What would you say the greatest blessing of this year has been for you?
1: Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of trapped in a house with a, a year and a half year old little girl and uh, so my wife and I really love that that's been a, a really great blessing and, and just not no distractions you know so easy to get distracted I basically re- recorded a whole album in three months almost entirely on my own and I don't think I could have had that level of productivity if I was you know trying to do a bunch of other things be social and whatever so it's been fun to just focus you know kind of dig into being a dad and you know hang out with my wife and but then make music. Uh, It's just a lot of the extra stuff is kind of non-existent at the moment. My wife has asthma as well. So we really, I mean, I've left my house like mm, somewhere between five and 10 times in the last six months. So it's just not a lot of distraction. And And I, I honestly don't mind it. It's not like, I don't feel like I'm going crazy at all.
0: Hmm. Wow. Well, as I was mentioning at the top of the interview, you have this song. It was the first song that I heard of yours. And I admit that I listen to a lot of music, but when I heard it, I just, I stopped what I was doing. I had to hear, and I really focused on it. I'm talking about your song, Wild World. Oh, yeah. Can you tell us a bit about that song?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I actually wrote that song probably about, it's one of the older songs on the record. It was like one of the first songs that I wrote that now has become the Seat of Joy album. And so one of the reasons I was the opening track but it was kind of before my life went into a full-on tailspin but not entirely tailspin but just like uh, dimensions of my life kind of spun out of control it was uh, my daughter was going to be born in about a month and a half and i was working with some producers and i wrote this song about you know kind of raising a kid in a world that seemed a little overwhelming and you know if you zoom out too far if you try and affect or if you if you um you know, if you, if you zoom out too far with what's going on in the world, it becomes really overwhelming. And I thought, man, I'm bringing a kid into this crazy world right now. And that felt a little nuts. And then I thought, you know, if you zo- if you kind of focus in on what you can actually change, which a lot of times ends up being, you know, your family situation, you know, you can really focus on that. You can do the best job. You can do your, your neighborhood, the people, your friends, you know, if you really try and affect change there and really kind of get your own life in order you know it becomes a much more manageable place and that's kind of why I, that was kind of the inspiration for a wild world and so yeah and then consequentially like my daughter was born and then two weeks later my found, we found out my dad had a terminal uh, brain tumor so we had a year basically with him and as i watched her learn how to walk and him his ability to walk it was just ended up being a pretty wild year so yeah T- technology is great now you are mine, the rising line You are the end of everywhere I've been The only home where I can hide And I'm tired of blowing in the wind Leave a light on so I can see It's a to be friends with me. But I know by the way they laugh, that they will take me if I turn my back. Leave light on so I can see. It's a wild world without you, babe. It's a wild world. Oh,
0: Thank you. Wow, man, that's such a great song. Thank you. Man, what a great performance, too. I appreciate it. Glad it came through the Internet. (laughs) So I am betting that this song, do a lot of people tell you they connect with this one?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. I would say this is like in the top three for sure, generally speaking.
0: Yeah, it's really beautiful. And it manages to be somehow hopeful and full of you know, it's energy. It's not a downer, but there's also that, that tinge of, of sadness to it, which is it's hard to do in a song, but wow, it's really great. Thanks, man. Yeah, I
1: try to I I always feel like great art kind of blends darkness and light and sadness and you know, optimism together. I think that's kind of a it's not really one one emotion. There's always kind of a, a conversation happening underneath the main conversation is what makes it great, you know. It's like
0: Yeah. You can not help, or at least I can not help, listen to music and not wonder about influences or where people got certain things. We're all influenced by certain things, but I'm just curious because I hear some Paul Simon. Yeah, I'm a big fan.
1: Yeah? Who would you
0: say are the songwriters who've had the biggest influence on you?
1: I would say, yeah, Paul Simon's like a very big one at my best. Like, you know, the thing with Paul Simon is songs are just so well-written. It's kind of, you know, he's kind of like the opposite of like a platitude type songwriter. Like he writes very specific stories, which really requires a lot of, you know, focus and energy. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that I, I actually put a lot of focus. In it. It's just like the genius in some of his lyrics is just so it's it's hard to match. So at my best, I would say he's a big influence. But, you know sometimes it comes a little bit more naturally to write in like more sweeping kind of emotions so like guy like springsteen is like i'm a big fan of I actually like obviously has a song called wild world but like cat stevens i'm a big fan of him you know there's a lot of modern artists too it's funny whenever someone asked me this i'd like have a very difficult time remembering what it is i'm listening to but like i love that guy phosphorescent he came out with a really beautiful album a few years ago and yeah there's just uh yeah there's a lot i love uh you know, Vampire Weekend and all the subsequent parts of that uh, band and all the guys that have kind of went off to do their own things from that group, but yeah.
0: We're talking with Mark Sibelia You're somebody, you've had so many streams of your music in the millions, and there's a lot of people who've connected with your music. And I'm just curious, is there anything that you would attribute this success to why do you think you've been so successful with streaming music
1: i was kind of i was pretty early on with the streaming of um yeah i was pretty early on like i was in this like spotify had me doing things like kind of when it was you know even almost looked down on as a streaming platform people you know were saying like they still wanted cds and stuff like that and spotify wasn't paying people enough and all that you know when those conversations were happening and so you know, I think streaming is a really great way for people to like experience music on a, you know, it's a low threshold. You know, it doesn't cost them a ton of money. I think honestly, it probably needs to cost people more money, just because, you know, there's a lot of joy in essentially putting your money where your mouth is. It's like I remember when I was a kid and you save up and you know, fifteen or seventeen bucks to listen to one album. And then you really give it a chance. You really give the artist like a fair shake for the work they put in. Cause you spent your money on the one album. So I don't think we really need to go back to that, but I would say, yeah, I think streaming, it just offers people a really low threshold. And I think I've been, you know, fortunate that people enjoy what I'm doing and so they share it. And, you know, so I, I really, streaming is a big part of my you know, success I've had as an independent
0: artist. With what you were saying about buying albums, yeah, I'm in the the group. I still buy music, and I've heard you're a record collector. So, as a music lover yourself, what do you think the best way to listen to music is? Best case scenario.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like I I really only put on albums once a week. I put them on on Sundays because we kind of are we're pretty chill. We don't really work on the weekends. We really don't work on Sundays, and you know, so that's when I put on. Uh, You know, an album, but (laughs) honestly, I, you know, if I put on the hi-fi settings, you know, on my Spotify deal or whatever, I like that you just don't have to flip over a record. So I'm kind of all, I'm a pretty digital guy myself. I mean, in my studio, I haven't set up my record player yet. You know, that stuff's set up at my house. But um, yeah, I would say record player certainly is ideal, but I can hear a difference, but I wouldn't say one's better or worse personally. But I'm sure audiophiles would be truly disappointed with that answer.
0: (laughs) Well, the wonderful thing, again, about these streaming services is that you can listen to an enormous amount of music. I mean, there have been certain artists where I go through and I just, I listen to everything that they did. And no matter how somebody listens, whether they're on Spotify or YouTube or listening to actual CDs or whatever, are there any, rec- any recommendations you have on, on certain albums
1: as far as albums that I like to listen to as albums, yeah, just just any uh, artist. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I love uh, one of. I mean, it's a classic record that we've been listening to for a long time. But one of the albums we love to put on is Ray La Montaigne's first album. I think it's Gossip in the Grain, or is it Trouble? I, I think it's called Trouble. We love that as an album. I've just I've been listening to a lot of Japanese house the japanese houses of the last couple weeks good at falling that album's awesome um i'm actually just looking through my most played uh, I- honestly i really like aspects of the new teller swift album i thought that was really great jason Al- isbell put out an album that was his last album Uh, It was really incredible. My buddy Brian Fallon from Gaslight Anthem, his last solo record was awesome as well. It kind of has a lot of elements of being a dad and, you know, raising your kid and stuff like that. So,
0: yeah. Some great recommendations there. I want to talk about a man named Tom Douglas. He has been a mentor to you. And for all the listeners out there, he's an inductee of the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame. He has Atlanta roots, but he wrote, I think, one of the best country songs of the 90s little mm-hmm. rock and I'm Martin, you can tell us about tom douglas what did he teach you yeah i met tom when i was like 17
1: uh through a mutual friend and i you know tom and i've just he's always been like i've always admired him as a friend and i uh try and spend as much time with him as i can although it's very difficult for both of us uh to kind of get on the same same uh same uh, schedule but uh, he really I would say like his his attention to lyrics and you know he was writing that song house that built me for like 10 years with his friend Alan Shamblin and so he just has an incredible attention to lyrics and he really taught me about being really specific in in songs and uh, you know because you I think when you start songwriting you think about songs you've heard that are very 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 famous songs and I think you, you you remember a chorus in your mind, you know. You remember how the chorus goes, and choruses are generally, I feel like, a zoom out kind of thirty thousand foot approach of a song, and so it gives you kind of a big picture of what a song's about. And so the lyrics might be more of a general thing, but Tom really taught me that if you're going to write a great song that people connect to, there has to be has to be skin on the bones. You know, you can't just write these overarching emotional statements. There has to be furniture in the room you know, that you're describing, that, you know, there has to be wallpaper, there has to be colors and things that people actually connect with. And the more specific you can be about your own life, almost it almost becomes more universal. It's pretty counterintuitive, actually. So he's just a, he's just a really great creative guy, and he's really a mentor. And,
0: yeah. Very interesting. So when somebody's listening to your songs, however they are tuning in or hearing you, what do you hope somebody gets from listening to your songs?
1: Hmm. What would I hope someone gets from listening to my songs? I mean, I'm just trying to make something that's beautiful that gives people, you know, I think beauty is, uh, I'm just trying to make something that has beauty that lasts. You know, I think it's, it's easy to, well, it's not easy. It's uh, most things that you do in life are difficult. If they're successful at all, it was probably pretty damn difficult, but I think, you know, it's, it's, uh, tempting to fall into the trap to try and create something that, you know, lives in a moment, things that are things that have uh, hype and things that have shock value to them. But I'm really just trying to create things that are as beautiful as possible that will last, you know, that will outlive me and, um, my kid, you know, my kid can be proud of. And so, yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, people are, people are struggling. It's like that, um, that old proverb that, You know, everyone's fighting a great battle. And I think that if you get to see something that's beautiful, I think somehow it's like, somehow, uh, uh, I don't know, it it gives you the hope and strength to keep going.
0: I always like to give the guests the microphone. They can go anywhere they want. (laughs) There's people tuning in from anywhere. So somebody is listening to this. What would you say to them?
1: Hmm. Wow. Interesting. Now that, that is a tough question. (laughs) I mean, I, I guess, I guess because I don't have a great answer, I would say, (laughs) come find me online and maybe I'll get an answer at some point, (laughs) you know, jump on the, jump on the train and, uh, and stay connected to what I'm doing and I'm pretty easy to reach. So, you know, yeah, I don't have a great answer for that one.
0: I don't know. I think they'll be very happy if they take your advice and listen to it's a you. A good question, though. It's a good
1: question. <laughs> very difficult question.
0: Well, here's another difficult one. My last question: Who is Mark Sebilia?
1: Who am I? I mean, you know, I, I guess the best way I answer is about myself. You know, I'm from I'm from uh, Buffalo, New York. I moved to Nashville when I was 18. I was a pretty Arrogant and cocky, young, mid twenty, you know, young 20s, and I've been humbled by life, and I, uh, I try to be grateful for every day I have, and I'm learning how to live in that place. I don't know if it answers the question, but it's kind of the things I think about on a daily basis.
0: Well, Mark, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Thank you for playing music for us. It's been a great joy to do this.
1: Thanks for having me, Paul. I appreciate it.
0: I'm honored. All right, sir. Until next time. Bye-bye.